You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And here is your host, Damon Frank. And welcome back to The Recovered Life Show. How are you doing today, Christina? Beautiful, beautiful. Happy Friday to you and to everyone who's listening. Yes, absolutely. Happy Friday to everyone. It is. It is. Episode 84, March 11th, 2022. Wow. I'm with Christina Dennis, my co-host here. I'm Damon Frank. And we're, we've got a really great episode for you guys today. Yes. It's going to be a, gr- a great live show. Uh, it's Friday. We made it. We did make it. We did make it. And before we go to the episode, I want to let everybody know that this episode is being brought to you by Recovered Life contributors and listeners like you. So please support us by like, following, and sharing. And you can also make a donation that helps us to be able to continue helping others. You can do that at buymecoffee forward slash recoveredlife.com. Once again, uh, buy me coffee at Recovered Life, forward slash Recovered Life. I really don't have my language today. No, it's so totally fine. It's buymeacoffee.com forward slash Recovered Life. <laughs> and I totally get it. It's Friday, Christina. And uh, honestly, I just want to mention here what you said about uh, about people supporting the show. Thank you to everyone who is yes. supporting the show right now. The show is brought to you by the listeners and Recovered Life contributors. And we, we really do appreciate it. It helps us get the message out. So guys, listen. It's uh, it's uh, th- this is a free market. If you if you want the if you love the show, if you Do love it. the content, throw us a couple bucks to help support us. It helps a lot. Uh, so great show today we've got for you. Yes. Uh, it's been kind of a crazy week, hasn't it? It has. It has. Lots of different things have happened, and there's a lot going on in our world too. So I love that we're going to discuss this topic. Yes, uh, you know, I know you've had a, a, a particularly yes uh, challenging week, and if you want to share what's going on sure, with you, I know sure. we talked about it in Clubhouse a little bit. We did um, on Sunday. I was informed that my mother had passed, and it was uh, unfortunate because uh, she was a bit estranged. And so going through that, dealing with it, talking to family members, in addition to the things that are my daily life, has mm-hmm. certainly brought a lot of. Um, I would say added stress, not turmoil, but added stress. And it's a a fact of life and part of life. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, death is part of life. And, uh, you know, going through recovering, going through sobriety, you're going to hit challenging times. It's going to be it's going to be tough. And, you know, that's what our first segment is about here is staying sober during difficult times, because I will tell you, Christina, like it is difficult times out there. I mean, and, you know, uh, you know, you're going through something very big. Yes. But just the average person, just, you know, I, I look today, Orange County, where you're at, mm-hmm. I saw it was seven something dollars a gallon or something. Yes, yes. For gas. Funny. And I mean, you know, like some people that are listening to this say, well, you know, how is that difficult times? But, you know, look, if you're uh, on a tight budget or you're, Absolutely. you know, economically, it's really tough for people. I mean, I know people who are very well off and, even economically for them, it's they've had to make changes. Well, we're in the middle of such turmoil in regards to the gas prices. <clears throat> it could be the difference of somebody having a meal or not because yeah. of the increase. And I feel like it's super important to recognize, even if you don't have something big like what's kind of going on with me, the entire world, the ethos out there, you know, the vibration is absolutely turned up. And this is the time for us to double down on our self-care and our recovery programs. Well, domestically and internationally, you yes. know, every time you turn on the news, 
it is chaos, right? It like is. you see death, despair, murder, everything, you know, crime, everything, homelessness. You know, I know I've talked about this in Los Angeles, uh, that, you know, the homeless, uh, you know, it's really an epidemic here. Like yes. we really have it's, and it's very depressing. You know, you go out of your house and you finally get out with the whole COVID thing, the whole lockdown. Yes. And you're, you know, you just want to go drive down the street, maybe get a cup of coffee or something. And, you know, you, you, you're, you're, you, this is, you run right into it, right? Absolutely. The of it. Yes. And us being in recovery, we know that a lot of people that are trapped in homelessness are also trapped in addiction. Yes. So that brings on another layer for us. It really does. And, and this is an opportunity um, in some ways because we can band together. It's one of the things I love about Recovered Life is that we realize that the addiction is a disease or, you know, that's the beginning of our ability to say, okay, I'm going to get sober now. And it's treatable, but we mm -hmm. have to stick together. The one thing when I got the phone call about my mother's passing and there's, you know, a big story behind it. I knew exactly what to do because I had been practicing that for yes. a long time. Yes. I knew to let the feelings come. I knew not to judge them. And I also knew to pick up the phone and call three different people and tell them this just happened. Yes. This is what I have to deal with. This is what I'm feeling. And it was because of that, that habit of picking up the phone and talking to people. And I think many of us kind of maybe got away from that habit in the pandemic. Yeah. And so well, it's I know important. I did. You did? I know I did. You know, I was on the phone yesterday. I had my my men's group that I have, and I was on the phone yesterday for a period of time uh, just talking with people. And, you know, one of the things that I had mentioned is, is that, you know, I feel a little isolated. You know, yes. when things when things go bad in the world, you know, and you turn on and everything you see is catastrophe. Yes. Um, you start to, you know, you start to absorb that. We were talking about that on Clubhouse yesterday. Absolutely. About how, you know, uh, so much of recovery is a consciousness, right? It's a it consciousness. Is. It is. And we are sensitive people, those of us who are in recovery and those who are fighting active addictions. And we are incredibly sensitive. Even the big burly man who maybe be, uh, doesn't appear is still very, very sensitive. And the vibration yeah. that's out there it can feel, it can feel like a dull ache, a confused, you know, yeah. I don't know why I don't feel well. And my problems aren't big enough to call somebody. That's yeah. the opposite of what you should be doing. You need to call and reach out to people and connect. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, you really do because the thing is, is that it, when, isolation causes more despair and yes. difficult times. I find when you start talking about it, things start to evaporate a little bit. They do. They, they start to evaporate and they start to, things start to see where well, you start to see good things as well as the bad things. And I think right. that's the, that's, that's what I wanted to say here because I know a lot of people listening to the show and you know, this is not just for people who are new. I mean, I know a lot of people who, you know, 20, 30 years are sitting in the room. They have a decade of sobriety. They're sitting in the room and they're trying to be positive, but they're in the back and they're like saying, you know what? I don't, you know, yeah. I don't feel great about the state of where things at. And, you know, and I think especially with 12 step groups, you know, in LA, a lot of these 12 step groups have, have been kind of eliminated because right. of COVID. They've dissipated. And, and yeah. one more note back to the phone call. It's, it's also amazingly important for the person who receives the call. 
you yeah. know, for the for that reminder, that touch point. And a lot of options have been taken away. And it's not as if you intended. I remember when the pandemic first started uh, and my meeting was taken away in person and we had a Marco Polo group so we could connect and have daily life talks, you know, thank God for technology in some ways, because it really helped me stay connected. And for those people that are newer, it is incredibly important. I've had a lot of time, but I could easily slip away and start having that constant mm -hmm. anxiety, that dull ache of sadness. And there are ways to not necessarily solve the problem, but there are ways to not feel alone, like you're shouldering everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, that's the whole thing is realizing that you're not alone, no. building that infrastructure of people around you. Mm -hmm. And look, a lot of like I've I've realized, Christina, that like, you know, the old ways of being able to go to a Saturday meeting, be able to come a half an hour early, get coffee, see people, have a donut, sit mm -hmm. down, talk with the newcomer, then go to fellowship after like a couple hour experience. Right. That experience is not, you know, I was so, that was so easy for me. Right. Uh, but that experience is not available anymore for me. Right. Like it's yes. not even me choosing. It's just not available. And this comes down to this whole thing. When things are difficult, lack of power. Yes. It's that whole thing of lack of power. I don't have power or control over this situation. Right. And we don't, but we do have the power to connect with somebody. And, yeah. you know, not going to meetings is only the tip of the iceberg. I Once uh, you've been in recovery for a while, you actually have, yeah. you do life with each other. And I don't want to anybody to feel like, well, it's been going on a long time. Why haven't I adjusted? It's important to absolutely reach out and say, yeah. I just need to know what's going on in your life. This is what's going on in my life and get that support. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what it is? It is really about that support. You know, what other things do you use in difficult times? What things do you fall back on, Christina, yes, that uh, that you've come to live with as part of like your daily routine? It is. I have some really good boundaries with my time, which is important, but I also have good boundaries with my disciplines, you know, and I often um, will schedule 15 minutes in between work calls to go outside, to ground myself, to sit in the sunshine, to be inside my body. I also do a lot of sighing, which mm -hmm. sounds kind of like, oh, you know, a sigh has such negative connotation, but it's so important for our nervous system yeah. to integrate. And the sigh yeah. can do that. It's, it touches the vagus nerve. Journaling you know, stream of conscious journaling, sometimes even bullet point journaling so that I'm actually taking agency with my thoughts and I'm not just running, you know, floating down the stream. I'm actually mm -hmm. recognizing mm -hmm. what's happening. Uh, prayer, meditation, things like this. I found the entire world online, the world of recovery online, and it has been very, very helpful for me to yeah. be reminded, you know, that I still have power over what I choose to do. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I, I mean, that 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 is a, what do you have power over? Right. And what don't you have power over? You know, that's the whole thing. And being able to discern the difference. I know that seems like totally stupid because that's like the serenity prayer, right? Like, right. yeah, that's so basic as the kids say. But you know what? It is basic. It, it is. is the basics. When things get difficult, I know for me, I go back to the, the building blocks. Hey, yes. you know, and I go right back to the very beginning building blocks. It's like, do I have enough food to eat? Yes. yes. Did I eat it? Yes, I'm fine. 
Uh, does everybody around me, are they okay? Yes. Okay. Do I have a place to sleep? Yes. Okay. And then I start looking, okay, what blessings, what good things, what blessings do I have in my life today? Oh, I have people around me. I have people that love me. I have people, right? It's like, I, yes, I have a, I have a, I have a job. I have income. I have a biz, right? Mm -hmm. Like all that stuff you have to start. You, I, I just piece it together right from the central core of I'm awake, aware and alive, right? Yes. Like it's so important. It is, it is. And getting in your body, being able to recognize here and now that increases your serotonin so much. And, you know, we've talked a lot about dopamine and there are things that were taken away, you know, uh, projects that had to be put on hold. There was some absence of dopamine because it was very sleepy. And so exercising and cultivating the other chemicals can help so much with people's anxiety. You know, hugging yourself, hugging if you are not alone, your partner, playing with your dog, um, taking a shower. That is a huge one for adjusting the, the vagal, the vagus nerve, yeah. touching yeah. the ear. This is why I always yeah. touch hair because you're integrating. Yeah. And you said basics. Am I food? Am I food? Am I fed? Have I drank water? That's, that's a very simple thing. Absolutely. Have I, you know, do I have a place to stay? Remembering all that, focusing on the positives that are in your life. Well, you know what? That That is really what it's about. It's like to dial that back, also to tap into a community. Recovered Life is a great way to do that because I just sometimes log on and I look at some of the comments. Yes. Um, and, you know, look, uh, I think the big thing, the big takeaway is when you find out that things aren't going as you expected – Mm -hmm. Right. Cause that's with me. It's like, well, I didn't expect it. I, I wanted this outcome. I didn't want this outcome. Right. This is where it gets very, very challenging. Um, and excuse me real quick. I have a little technical issue. We might, Christine, your, your mic, you might need to move it. Cause I think your hair was like, sorry about that it's guys. That hair. We're on a shoestring budget here. <laughs> it's just causing some feedback on the stuff. Uh, we're on a shoe set. We're, 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 we're doing this like one minute at a time here with that's the producer. Right. But when things don't go as planned, when things don't go as planned, uh, it, that's when the problem is because I'm like, well, it should have gone this way. Why didn't it go this way? It should have gone this way. What I find is, is it limits? We were talking about this with your mom. The situation that you've got with your mom yesterday is like, you've got all this stuff that's coming up that you have to do. Yes. And that causes dread. It's like, well, I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know. And then you start to write these outcomes. Well, it needs to come out like this. It needs to come out like that. And this is where I feel that most people, and when I say most people, I mean me, <laughs> most people lose the ma the miracle right. is because they're so busy trying to script the outcome that True. they leave no room for a higher power to come in and make things right. It's, uh, it's yes, nothing more like what I'm going through this week would, would uh, come yeah. in line with that thinking. You know, what can you do? What can I do? A lot of times when I'm working with somebody and we're in a panic, it is, you know, stopping and saying, what is it that you can do today? The first is always take care of yourself. Otherwise, you won't have anything to give anyone. And the second one is really, what do I have power over? Um, what can I do? I can make that phone call. My mother lived in another state. And so a lot of the family members are trying to figure that out and being able to be the person because we all go through this, whether you're an addict or not. Uh, that lack of power, being the person because of my recovery program to say, okay, first things first, is everybody taking care of themselves? Yeah. We don't all have to rush in there. Let's figure out who has the resources and the time to do so. And that can be brought into our own lives. What can you do today? We cannot solve the pandemic. 
And yeah, well, the key is also to identify what can't you do. There right? you go. You I was can't just run go in there. like, you know, as a codependency expert, you know, you can't go in and save it. You can't make people nope. feel better all the time. You can't do that. Right. So the thing is, is to identify that bit. My heart, the, the hard part for me always has been is like, okay, I can identify what I can't change. Right. But then I start to say, it's like, well, I can't drop it. Like I can't let yeah. it go. Uh -huh. Right. Like, because I'm like, well, it shouldn't be that way. And maybe I could change it. Well, what if I do this? And I start rearranging the deck chairs. Right. And that yeah. doesn't work. <laughs> I love that. It doesn't image. work. I love that image. I, I have something that, you know, in the 12 step program, you know, our step three is, is turning our life and our will over. And I realized that I, if I have an attachment to outcome, then I'm in my own will. You know, mm -hmm. of course, there are things that we have to do first. But if I have an attachment to the outcome, then I am running wild in my own will. And being able to recognize that and just say, oh, I'm taking a break. Yeah. Yes, I'm taking Absolutely. a break. Absolutely, taking a break. And that is, uh, those are words to live by. And I have to, t I have to tell you, you know, and so many people right now, they, it, is, it is difficult times. And I think just the acknowledgement is, is that it's difficult. Right. Like it's not easy right now. It's difficult and yes. it's, it's, it's hard and it's hard for me to do this or whatever, just acknowledging it out loud or telling somebody it's like, Hey, you know what? This is difficult. I think is really the step to move towards, you know, some sort of healing and yes. being able to kind of live with what's going on. Absolutely. Recognizing your feelings gives you clues on the next decision. So Absolutely. we have to be able to do that and accept it. You know, that's where the acceptance comes in. Accept that you're feeling, you know, in my case, sad or, you know, yeah. in despair, you know, accept it and not judge yourself about those feelings and really, really taking the time to connect the dots. It is the first step in everybody's Life. Well, we wanted to do this segment because we know that, you know, we've heard this from, from people that we work with, that everybody feels it in the air, yes. right? And I think people that are in recovery are much more sensitive than we, than we lead on, right? Like we, right. we could feel it. Like we know when things aren't, I could hear it in clubhouse yesterday. People were nervous, yes. right? Yes. People were like, well, you know what? Am I going to be able to afford what I used to afford? Am I right. going to be able to do what I used to be able to do? And that brings fear. Right. And like, so we have to understand too, that we're sensitive and we're receptors. So we got to put ourselves around positive people who we can do. make you, who can really change that vibrational energy for us. Yes, totally. Well, Christina, this has been a really great segment, much more show to come much, much more, but I want to mention something real quick before we go on. If you're listening to this and you're saying, hey, one of the one of the ways that my life is difficult is I can't say no. You're an mm -hmm. over-volunteer. Yeah. You just give way too much. You're always the person who's bringing the brownies to the PTA party. You're, you're the person in your family that always has to solve and fix things. You might need this free three-day challenge that Christina put together called Can't Say No. It's totally free. And what it does is a boundaries primer. And it really, it, it really, I, I say it's kind of like a pressure cooker where it's building up some building up steam. This lets that out and it allows people to really breathe for a little bit and start to identify where the boundaries are in, in, in their life, where they're not working. And we've put this together for you a hundred percent for free. That's the great thing about it. Three day challenge videos from Christina delivered to your inbox every day. It's going to have a huge change for you. All you have to do is go to Recovered Life, 
dot us forward slash can't say no. That's recoveredlife.us forward slash can't say no. Christina, we have got an amazing next segment, TGIF Sober, coming up after this very quick break. I'll see you on the other side. All right. You're listening to The Recovered Life Show. Welcome back. I'm Christina Dennis, and I'm here with your host, Damon Frake. Welcome to The Recovered Life. So happy to have you here. Before we present the next segment, I want to make sure that uh, you know, and we thank you for bringing this to us. This episode is being brought to you by Recovered Life contributors and people like you. And if you want to support us, if you want to help us continue to help others, there, please like, share, and follow. You can also buy us a cup of coffee, you know, a true donation. Damon won't drink the coffee at buymeacoffee.com. Um, forward slash recovered life. Buy me a coffee forward slash recovered life. Yes. Thank you so much, Christina, for mentioning that. Uh, you know, every donation helps. Every like, share, and follow helps. Look, I know you've seen the show evolve. It's much more professional than it was the first time. <laughs> but we always have these little issues, like we're having a little audio issue right now with the mic, a little scratching. So if you hear that, we apologize. Sometimes the transitions aren't perfect. We're working on it, guys. But you know what? We We've learned this through we've learned this through recovery that uh that you know you just have to do you just have to move forward and make and make it happen right you just have to move forward and just do what you can do uh and to try to get the stuff out there it's the same thing with your recovery you just got if you can help people help people like that's the whole thing it's very 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 basic well look this is my favorite this is my favorite segment of the week you know it is. It is. It is. Uh, it is TGIF sober. sober. You know I yes. love it. Yes, and I hope everybody is going to plan their weekend accordingly. I know when I first got into recovery, I thought that you know that the fun was over, right? Because that was my mm-hmm. only way. But we have a lot of fun in recovery, and we are amazing people. And so happy that it's Friday. I think Friday kind of changes as we were talking about the ethos out there, the vibration. And so hopefully everybody is having a collective sigh and getting ready for the weekend. We had so much fun this week, even under the circumstances that I'm living through, there was so much to learn. And I'm very grateful for everyone who turned it tuned in and turned up. Yeah, absolutely. And we'd like to thank everybody who showed up to the clubhouse rooms and TGIF server. We just kind of go over the week, what happened, how it started, you know, everything that happened on Recovered Life. You know, Christina and I talked to a lot of contributors, a lot of experts. We talked to a lot of listeners, people that, yes. you know, tune in and show up on clubhouse. Um, and, you know, it is, it is really great. Like, and it, that's the best part of Recovered Life, honestly, is a community because. Yes. We just see people all the time and it's really, it's really cool. And um, I learned so much from people, but I have to tell you, it started, we, we started it with the clubhouse room. I'm you know, we've it. been going live every week, yes. which has been cool. And one of the things that people really love are the topics that we're picking. Yes, they do. Well, you're, you drive that so well because people have been wanting to talk about this and maybe it wasn't appropriate in their support group because obviously first things first, but we are all having these you know, questions out there. We all have these, you know, areas that we want to be able to discuss with like-minded people and get support. And on Monday, it was a beautiful room. And it was similar to our first segment that we talked about, what do you do when life continues to happen? 
you know, how do you manage it? Well, that was the, that was the, you know, when, when that was a really good one. And I think the other one that people really responded to, and I got some, I got a couple comments from, from friends that actually saw this one. Um, and it was all about the whole thing with trauma yes. and control. Like, yes. like I think, you know, and the, and the people who commented have long-term sobriety, which tells me it's like, you know what? They're like, Hey, do you think that this is maybe one of the reasons I can't let go of things? Right. 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 Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And thinking about the fact that some of our things that, you know, some of our behaviors are maladaptive behaviors that helped us survive are hurting us now, but how do you let go of them? And I think that trauma is a, a really large part of that, that some of the quote character defects, I'm not a fan of that word, but some of them are actually really a trauma response. And once we're able to go back and heal that, we can let go of some of the responses because they don't like control that don't serve yeah. us anymore. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that's absolutely a hundred percent. You know, what I loved about that, you know, that was a psychology today uh, episode mm -hmm. uh, that we did the one, I think it was 83. It was the last one. Yes. What I liked about that one is that it brings us insight on this whole character defect thing. Um, now it's interesting. People were commenting on that on clubhouse as well. And I know Tuesday you had your brain room, your whole neuroscience yes. thing. Yeah. Tell me, I didn't, I didn't go to that one. What, what was the topic on that? Well, we're still diving deeper into Brene Brown's latest book, Atlas of the Heart, where we're able to define these feelings so that we can recognize them and have clues. And it was about disappointment. What do you do? Places you go when things don't go your way. And if that's not appropriate to recovery, I don't know what is. Yeah. And we talked about the difference between disappointment and regret. And one of the things that left me haunting was that haunted was that most people don't uh, regret the things that they did. Most yes. people regret the things that they didn't. And yes. I thought, wow, that's so important to integrate into your life choices. And one of the comments that were made were about the regret around, around being kind. Most mm. people regret that, that when they could have shown kindness, they show up with, you know, reasonableness. And I thought, yes, that makes a lot of sense because I know in my life um, that I have regretted sometimes when I could have stepped up a little more. Yeah. The, the, other, the other thing that came out about it was that regret, if, you don't, if you're living without regrets, that means you're not really, you're living without reflection is what Brene Brown said. And boy, does that call me out sometimes where, wow, I haven't stopped for the moment. This is what we have to do in recovery to stay alive is we have to look at our life. We have to be introspective and we have to see where we are. And so if you have regrets and I have regrets, don't let them take you down. Understand that they're, they actually serve a purpose. They help us figure out how we want to live our life next. And the regret is information. And it's not necessarily something about we're broken, or we're bad people. It's information about what we can do next so that we don't yeah, have that's to interesting. regret. That's really, I love that. And you know, the interesting thing uh, that you just said there is that um, people regret what they don't do. Right. Um, and I think that that's so interesting. Like if, if they, if they're not doing it, they, they, they regret it. Right. It's not things that they did and maybe misstep. And this is the whole thing that I always have about playing full out in recovery. Yes. It's like, you know, what do you have to lose? Like if you play full out and you lose, you're still going to win. Right. Like right. 
it's just not doing it is is going to be the regret. Right. And I, you reminded me to talk about the resources. If you haven't gotten the book or you want to see the, the three chapters that we've already done, join Recovered Life. Um, dot us, recoveredlife.us, because in that room, if you follow me, you will get the last three weeks of information. Um, and basically the way that Brene Brown has pulled apart these feelings and these things that maybe we don't like looking at, right? Like regret or disappointment. And absolutely you'll get the definitions and a lot of the information that we covered. The other thing that came up was the idea of expectations and having a realistic partner, you know, um, who will, you know, give you feedback. Hey, and she brought up the story about how she was on her way to Disney World with her five kids. She doesn't have five kids, but there were five kids. And she had three books packed in her suitcase. And her husband was like, hey, tell me about that. What are you what are your expectations? <laughs> and she was able to look at that and said, oh, I really want to sleep in. And he said, okay, do you think that's realistic? And I thought about that because my partner does that for me. What is it that you really want? And having that open communication so that we can refrain from those expectations or reset them really, really helps too. Yes. Well, this is the whole thing. You know, I know just from the high performance coaching that I've done, is that, you know, many times people are upset that they're not getting what they want. Right. This is where resentment and frustration comes. I'm not getting what I want. It's not working out for me. Um, and the reason it's not working out for me is blank. And yes. people can't fill in the blank because what they realize is they don't know what they want. They they're don't. just frustrated that they're not getting something that they don't know that they want. Right. And when you start to kind of go over that with people, like when I started to learn that, it's just like, I have frustration that I'm not getting something that I don't know that I want. And that's insanity. That is not, that is insanity. Well, and one more story about the book, because I think it's really important and it ties into what you just said. Um, she shares about how her first year of marriage, she woke up on her birthday and her husband had not done what she was always used to having, which is signs or balloons or happy birthday. He had not done that. And she was speaking with her therapist at that time and said, you know, she was really frustrated about it and disappointed because she assumed that he was in his residency. And that's why he didn't do it. And the therapist asked her, well, did you tell him that that was what your expectation was? Did you let him know that that's what they you've always had in your own family? And she said, oh, look, if I have to tell him, then it's not worth it. And the therapist, I mean, <laughs> this question will get you. She said, maybe perhaps it's that you think you're not worth it. Ooh. I wow. know, I know. And I can tell you, I've heard that sentence. If I have to say something, it's not worth it. If, if I have to tell them, then it's not real. I felt so called out because that goes back to self-worth. And totally. if, you, <laughs> if you think it's not worth it to talk about your needs or expectations, then you're setting your partner up for the mind reading failure, which is huge in codependent relationships. And perhaps there's a clue in there where you may not think you're worth it. That, that is totally it. You know, it's the not knowing what you want. Don't think that you're worth it. The expectations that you have, you know, it's so funny because you talk about the balloons and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. It's like, um, you know, I, I have, I have been there. Everybody has been there, right. Where they right. feel that they're going to get something, uh, and they're not getting it or they're not getting what they want. Right. And, right. um, 
you know, even though it's unrealistic, this is the whole key. And, you know, I think this is a good framework of being in recovery. It's like you have a better framework. You have a process to work that out, right? Right. Is to be able to sit and question yourself. And that's what I loved about, uh, I love about the Tuesday room because you really dive into the thinking part, which I believe is all of recovery. Once you have yes. physical sobriety, it's all about, it's all a thinking game. Yeah. And a belief systems. And we think our yeah. belief systems without ever questioning them. And I totally have gone through the work about, well, wait a minute, why do I feel that way? You know, feelings are not facts, but they are clues and they're important to acknowledge so that you can follow the source to the belief system. And in many cases, I was living with outdated belief systems, mm -hmm. ones that didn't apply. So very, very helpful room on Tuesday. Well, this is the whole thing. And I know Wednesday you had your codependency room. Yes. We and I was in on that setting boundaries. How did that go? Well, we talked about perfectionism something that both you and I probably suffer mm -hmm. from and the different types about perfectionism. And one of the things that the expert Audrey Hoist brought in was that there's a covert perfectionist. And I feel like that really, really described a lot of my life where, you know, I can't be a perfectionist because if you could see my desk right now, you would be like, ha, no, she's not a perfectionist. But inside, we still have this belief system that if we are going to do something, we have to do it perfect. And I believe that people in recovery really suffer from perfectionism. And we may be kidding ourselves by saying, well, of course, I'm not a perfectionist. Look at different parts of my life. But perfectionism really prevents us from living full out, like you suggest. Well, perfect perfectionism isn't an outcome. It's a feeling. Yes. Um, and it's a belief system, right? It's not an outcome. Uh, most perfectionists aren't great executors. <laughs> I've, I've found, right? Because they get too hung up. They're maybe good in one part or another, right? Yeah. Um, I think perfectionism is interesting because, you know, you want to pursue excellence. Yes. And I think, I think in recovery, I'm just going to tell you from working with guys in recovery, that I think that they're, that this is um, confused a lot. Mm. It's a languaging issue. Okay. I think people think when they're thinking like, I want to be, you know, I want to live my best recovered life. I want to be a high performance person. I want to do everything I want to do. I want to be excellent. Absolutely. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's no. great. I want to be excellent, right? Of course. And I think the pursuit of trying to be excellent or trying to be better than you were yesterday, or I, I don't even like the word better. You're trying to kind of, you're trying to refine right. what you did yesterday in today, as long as you're not obsessive compulsive about it, is I think a wonderful and beautiful pursuit. Yes. But perfectionism is a belief system that whatever you have in the current moment isn't good enough. Right. That's part of that, right? And I think this is what ruins it. There's, I see so many high performing people in recovery and you know, and I'm one of those people, like you I do are. things right on yes. the outside world. Like, and I'll tell you, I just had this experience yesterday. I did a brand launch uh, on this thing that I'm working for. And in, you know, 24 hours we put together this thing, but then, and it was really good looking. I mean, it was, everything was great about it. And, but there was one or two small things that didn't leave, lead up to a perception that I had that I yes. would feel when I was done with it and there was nothing wrong with it. It was fine. Not even a better fine. It was better than fine. I'm but sure I'll tell was. you, it bugged me last night when I went to bed, I had a hard time falling asleep. I'm like, well, I could have done this and I could have done that. Or mm. what if I changed this a little bit? 
And I start to realize it was like, this is taking away the victory that I just had being able to have the success in 24 hours. And, and that's crazy. It's like, you know what, why, why am I doing that to myself? Well, I love that you brought that up because first of all, who decides what's perfect? Yeah, well, our per we do, and that, and th and this is the, and this is the thing that I'm realizing. We we decide that we're we're perfect, but you know what? It's it's interesting. This thing of perfection is much more of a subtle feeling, yes, than an actual thing. Like I'm involved in something right now, and things didn't come out the way that we thought that they would come out. Right. So, but they came out amazing. Other things came out of it that we didn't. And I'll tell you the, I started the blame game in my head. Uh -oh. Well, if we, if I would have done this, if they would have done that, if only they would have listened to me here, right? These, these thoughts come up. And then I started, though, this is ridiculous. Like everybody did the, it was clearly everybody did the best that they could. They did over what they could do. Wow. And it just didn't come out how we thought, but other great things are coming out of it. And it's not done yet. This is the other thing too. <laughs> Many things in life we say, well, it's not perfect. Well, you know, it's not done. It isn't. It's not done. It isn't. Your Absolutely. life's not done if you wake up. That is right. Brain. That is right. And take it from some older people on this show, me and you, uh, that there is so much time for us to continue. And I love the fact that you're you're saying like moving forward, uh, that you don't even like the word better. Moving forward in life, it is progress over perfection. And what we know from science is that is actually the way all of us should live that satisfaction comes from progress, not completion. And so I love that that in the last 25 years, I've had that as a, a marker. Um, we're talking about measuring, measuring. And that's what I am talking about when we talk about belief systems that are outdated. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. One of the things that totally changed my life with this, with this topic, with perfectionism and pursuit of excellence, which kind of cleared it up, was that movie, Jero Loves Sushi. I don't know if you saw that. I, I have. It's an amazing thing. And for those of you that are listening to this and have not seen it, I think you get it on Netflix or Amazon, but it's all about a man who uh, makes sushi at a little bar in a mall, I think, right? But right, he's right. Michelin rated. Uh -huh. And his whole pursuit is, can I make the rice an eighth better this year than the rice was last <laughs> year? Can I cut the, right? And it's just all these micro habits that he's putting these micro changes. And I think that was a takeaway from Wednesday thing, to be quite honest with you. It's like, you know what? This is much more of an unfolding. And that's why I don't like the word better right. because better indicates that something wasn't good. Right. You know, you can do what you can do with your consciousness and skills at that moment. Right. You could make, you know, and I always say this in business, you know, hey, if I could do it again, I would maybe do different things different. I would do things differently, but I only had the information I had at the time. I have much more information now, right? Like, right. Because you can only of that. do what you can do. Yes. And that ties back to regret, um, understanding that these disappointments, they were always information. And who am I to say that it wasn't exactly the way that I thought it should be, yes. or it wasn't exactly right. I don't know if it wasn't exactly right because I don't have the full big picture. And there's a beautiful meditation in the language of letting go that talks about that. Most of us look at the one inch square that's right in front of us. Mm -hmm. And years later, you can go back and realize, oh, I only had that perspective at that time. 
But if I can wear it a little bit like a loose sweater as far as outcomes, if I can just see where a higher power or the universe, whoever you choose to call a higher power, actually, I gave that room because I let go of control. You know, even if I just did a little tiny bit of letting go control, it then panned out like it was supposed to be. Yeah, and I always say the game's not over, guys. So if you're sitting there and you're saying, well, you know what? I could have done better because, you know, one of the great things about Recovered Life is we we listen to people all the time. And I hear I really pay attention when people that are in their 60s and 70s come on and say, I should have done this. I should have done that. And I listen to what the regrets are. And I will tell you, Christina, the regrets are all, I wish I would have done something, something even if it wasn't perfect. And I keep telling myself that execute, 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 Mm. even if it's not, because it's how you end. Who who says that, that it's going to be this way? Who's this person? And, you know, I I have a good per George Schneider, uh, who, uh, we've had on the show a lot, amazing guy, you know, is a, a, a life and recovery strategist. And he always says all the time, he's like, says who? Says yes. who? Like these, these, these things that are going on in your mind. Says who? Yes. Says who that you have to do it this way? Right. And we don't know what we don't know. And a lot of times when I work with people, they're like, "I'm afraid to make the wrong choice." And and so, most of the time, we just need to make a choice. Need yes. to make forward, move forward in order to know if it's the right choice. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And moving forward is the key. I think if you're listening to this and you feel stuck moving forward is the key, just taking some sort of action. And that, you know, that brings me to Thursday. I had the unstuck room, which is, I I love that room now. Honestly, guys, I love doing the show. Great room. I'm going to bring that on, you know, Christina and I are talking about whether we should bring those on as episodes because they're so good. We do. You know, especially the setting healthy boundaries and the unstuck room. And yesterday, you want to tell people what the conversation was about yesterday? Yes, it was, are the people around you keeping you from having success? Are they stopping your success? Um, And I thought it was brilliant because so many people came up and shared exactly how they have had to make decisions. They've had to end relationship or move away from relationships that were actually keeping them stuck. And you know what? People thought it was kind of a clickbaity title. I'll admit yes. it was. But the thing is, it wasn't clickbait because people were stuck with people. Like, you know, the thing is, is that, uh, you know, we talked about, especially in early sobriety, because there's a lot of people there that were listening that were in early sobriety, is that, you know what? Yeah, mm-hmm. you got to be really, you might need to move away from people because like the people can ruin your life. For they sure. really can. The wrong people at the wrong time can bring you down. Well, and if you don't have a picture of the life, you know, that's always said, you know, take what you need and leave the rest or connect with somebody who's got what you want. And we often have families that were very, I don't want to say happy, but they were very comfortable with our addiction. Even if they said they weren't, they were fine with it because that was being the identified patient. When I have interventions, the person who's quote, the identified patient is not the only one who needs to address things that they need Mm -hmm. to do. And so if you're in a situation where maybe somebody is not supporting your sobriety, maybe they want you to remain sick, even if they don't understand why, Maybe they um, don't like you changing the systems. Family systems are notorious for wanting us to stay in our family role. You've always been the scapegoat. I need you to be the scapegoat. Don't get better. 
don't move forward because I'm the golden child and you need to be the scapegoat. And a lot of times we won't see it. We'll be that boiled frog. We won't understand it. And we'll just know that there's dis, you know, discontent in our heart or we don't feel comfortable. And so knowing that you have the permission to change the people around you, you know, that will allow you to have some kind of schema of where you want to be. Well, what I like about it and what you teach in your coaching, one of the things that you shared, uh, you know, yesterday mm-hmm. that I think was so good is this hierarchy of the people around you and about right. how it's almost like a corporation, how sometimes you have to, you have to demote people. You don't have to fire them. Right. You have to say, it's like, you know what? This guy was in charge of nuclear f- fusion and honestly, he's got two left thumbs and we really, that's just not going to work there. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but great guy and brings a lot of value. We're going to put him over in HR or something, right? True. He's really good at picking people, but he's not good at doing this. And, and I love how you put it that way because it was kind of a non-emotional way as to say, right. I don't have to run around like a sociopath and cut people out of my life. And this is what people think about of people in recovery, Christina, I, I will tell you because I'm also around a lot of people who are not in recovery. And one of the things that, that people think is the, in the outside world is that people in recovery are so self-involved with themselves mm-hmm. that they're running out, not healthy for me by and making these drastic changes. And people do do that in recovery. They do. They do. I will tell you, it's a stereotype that's true, especially with people that don't have good recovery or don't have a really good, uh, support system of people who have been through it that can help them and coach them. We talk a lot about detachment and codependency. The goal is always to detach with love. And that doesn't mean that you excommunicate this person. It means that you are no longer putting them in a position to weigh in on your life. Mm. You can detach with love. And I always say demote the person because people will show up and they have very toxic relationships with their parents or their partner And they're like, but I love them. I don't want to lose them. And I'm like, absolutely, you don't have to lose them. What you have to do is quit saving a seat for them in the front row because they boo every time you do something instead of clap. So we talked yesterday and I shared the concept of a sandwich call. And the sandwich call is if you are talking to somebody or you know you have to make a phone call, share some news, which you would love for your parent to respond one way, but generally they don't do that. You talk to somebody who's incredibly supportive right before you call them. You tell them, I'm going to call my parents and this is my intention to go ahead and accept her where she is and not have an expectation. And then you schedule a call right after so that it's a short compressed time frame, and you know that you can kind of let it flow through you and let it flow out because you've got that second call after or that third call by that time after to somebody who is supportive. It's really, really a good tool. And with codependency, you can learn these little skills. It's a skill set. And then eventually the way that your person who's the toxic person lands on you will feel a little different. Yeah. And I think you have to understand that like there, there are also seasons too in recovery. Like I shared yesterday that, you know, there are people in my life when I got sober that are amazing people that I love and mm-hmm. they are really great people and I don't want them out of my, I love them in my life, but yes. they're codependent. So codependency kills alcoholics. 
Yes. Right. They need alcoholics just as much as alcohol alcoholics need alcohol. So yes. I knew I, you know, intuitively it was interesting. I knew is like, you know what? I have to distance myself emotionally from these people for a while. Right. Because they're not healthy for me now. They're not going to allow me the feedback I'm going to get from them isn't going to move me in the right direction. I so but true. it doesn't mean that I need to not, I can go hang out with them and do things with them, but but I have to be very, I have to have very firm boundaries with these yes. people because I can't get sucked into that. Right. And there are seasons in your life where you have to make these critical decisions. You do. You have to step away maybe for a brief amount of time or recognize that you have an expectation of this person that is not able to fulfill it. To like is to approve, to love is to accept. And so accepting them where they are doesn't mean that you have to take what they say as, you know, as word, as, you know, fact, understand that this is what they're capable of. And if you are not able, if you are not capable at this time to accept them, then you need to protect yourself for a little bit of time. You need to pour into yourself from people that will give you what you're looking for. That way they are one of 20 people, not the first person. Yes. Words to live by. I love that. I love what you just said and understanding your boundaries and your role in the relationship is so important. I mean, this is what I love about recovered life, Christina. And, you know, we're wrapping up here. It's episode 84. We've been going live every week for several weeks. And, you know, I, I want everybody who's listening to this. We'd like to thank you so much for doing this because recovered life is really all about you. It really yeah. is. And, you know, Chris, and we, we'd also like to thank you guys for everybody listening on the podcast, watching the videos, watching the replays. Look, I, I know as somebody who's involved in business that sometimes the episodes aren't technically perfect. You know, they're not, <laughs> they're not. We have, look, or, I, or I had mouth. audio issues. Yeah. Like, and sometimes we say things and we do things and, you know, we're doing the best that we can though. Yes. We're doing the best we can. And every day, and here's and here's the thing that I'm, I'm getting to, is every day, Christina, like we talk, we're like, this is blowing my mind. We're getting right. downloads. We're getting this. Yes. We're getting that, right? Like people are watching it. People are interacting. And, and that's the thing that I think is the recovery lesson out of this is moving forward, even if things aren't perfect, is really what you have to do because things become better than perfect. Right. They become uh, the way they are. Yes. Right. What was intended? Uh, what was intended if you pursue it, right? Like, and and th and this is the big takeaway. So we'd like to thank all of you guys for yes. really making this happen. You know, people want to know how that they can actually they they can help us. And you know, before we leave here, I want to tell everybody thank you again, again for supporting us. And you guys can go to buymeacupofcoffee.com forward slash recovered life. That's buymeacupofcoffee.com forward slash recovered life to make a donation, uh, buy us some streaming, right? Yes. If, if you want to support the show and everybody who's listening, thank you. We've got an amazing, it's even going to get better. We've it got is. guests coming on. We're, we're doing Instagram live. Stay tuned. Join the recovered life network at recoveredlife.us If you're not a member and, uh, episode 84, Christina, in the Thank can. Thank you. Thank you. And everybody have a beautiful weekend or a beautiful day if you're listening to this other than Friday. Have so a great weekend, guys. You. Bye. Keep the conversation going. Join Recovered Life, a community of like-minded people who are looking to live their best recovered lives. Membership is free and you can apply at recoveredlife.us.